0: is the Explosion Network's Fast and Furious podcast, and we don't have friends, we have family. Each week in the lead up to Fast and Furious 9, we'll be cracking a corona to discuss the films, characters, music, and more of the Fast saga. My name's Dylan Blight, and joining me today, on this very show, Ashley Hovland.
1: Hey Dylan, excited to be here, because as you just said before we started the show, you don't care if I'm sick as a dog or in be- bed with Beyoncé, you call, I show. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's so good. That's so good because that's actually what we were just talking about.
0: <laughs> it's like an in-joke that works because it's also like associated to the episode somewhat. So that was good. Um, and also here, can you I can't.
2: I can't even try and compete with that. I'm look. I'm. I'm not the funny member of Explosion Network. I'll just admit that now. <laughs> Let's carry on with the show and you know live our lives, shall we?
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, the best part's over now, as it is every week. But, it's all um, done.
2: You can, just, you can just leave if you'd like. Um, yeah. you,
0: Ash you. is going to... Oh, no, we need to get to Ash reciting his favourite quote later. That'll be the best yeah. part. Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: so on today's episode, we <laughs> are talking about the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, released in 2006, directed by Justin Lin, uh, d- written by Chris Morgan. I'll note that this was their first... For the both of them, Chris Morgan, of course, ends up doing a bunch of them. Justin Lee ends up doing a uh, bunch of them. Uh, main cast of the film, Lucas Black, Shad Moss, aka Bow Wow, Sung Hang, Brian T, Leonardo Nam, Nathalie Kelly, Jason Tobin, and Alden Ray. The synopsis of the film is a teenager becomes a major competitor in the world of drift racing after moving in with his father in Tokyo to avoid a jail sentence in America.
1: It's called drifting. What do you mean drift? The cars are light, The tires are slick. When you drift, if you ain't out of
2: control, you ain't in control.
0: Now, I do want to start with... Because we've kind of been leading up to this point, of throughout this whole show, this is the one Fast and Furious movie that Ash has not seen. So, Ash, how do you feel about Tokyo Drift?
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, it's fun too. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's amusing to have like, a, a, like you've said before, it's actually about racing, um, which a lot of the other films are not. Um, there is yep. that crime element still with it which would be fitting within a Fast and Furious movie. Um yeah. it's not
0: as prevalent as as it is in any of the others though.
1: No. But it's still there. Um it is obviously held back by Lucas Black, it was not the greatest <laughs> leading Ugh. man. Uh I mean could you pick an accent that more goes against a Japanese person? The <laughs> a Japanese grain. setting. Yeah, I guess. uh, Which I mean, that's probably what's going for. Yeah, the most polar opposite. Uh, Yeah, he just kind of acts like the most American character at the start, like saying, "I thought you had freedom over here." (laughs) Yeah, I I have a theory
0: that you can go go back to what you're saying in a second. I have a theory that potentially Justin Lin, if he could have got his way, would have just made it like, like he could have brought over. Like he's better like more characters more than just Han and had like one of those be the star or someone else be the star, you know what I mean? Like you could have made an Asian American come to Japan, and even that would have be been an interesting story. But I feel like Universal Studios was like, We need white American front of poster to sell this movie, or else it's not gonna go. You know what I mean? I feel like that was an important key point that they wouldn't tell you but i feel like that's what it is and then you end up with uh, lucas black the most white american hey <laughs> <A> girl <laughs> you can <laughs> you can get yeah what else do you think about it
1: i mean drifting is interesting i guess <laughs> it's very different to everything else um obviously there's the moment where hard dies which is in this film uh it really does not fit very well with <laughs> what happens afterwards i don't think it like Obviously, what we know happens afterwards, it doesn't like doesn't fit.
2: There's a lot really? of retconning, as we call it. There's, a lot, this, right? there's, a, uh, there's a lot watching, of retconning. Especially retconning watching, especially watching multiple times,
1: all those two films, like bookending it, like it's hard to.
2: It also f- go, feels mm. that way with watching this film and then watching Furious Seven after this. Yes. Well, yeah, we there's... go
0: from 2006 to 2000. Yep. Yeah. I'd like to say, can I get one of
2: them flip phones that are really big right now in uh, in Tokyo? Yeah, by the way, so
0: this film, when they (laughs) retconned it, they've retconned it so that Tokyo Drift takes place in 2012. (laughs) Yeah. Canonically, in the universe, it takes place in 2012 now. So
2: it makes Tokyo in Fast and Furious backwards and behind the times to the rest of the world. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I guess when they made it in 2006, they would have been like, it's set in... Current yeah. day, I guess, you know, but after all the retconning, they now say it's 2012. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, okay, all well, the flip phones are back, I guess. <laughs> but at the same time, it's just like, whatever, who cares? Like, just accept it. And it move was the
2: on. Um, Japanese yeah. Renaissance of uh, 2012 where they went back to using technology from 2006. That's all we all remember, yeah. that time, right? It was yeah. a very
0: short period, but can, can I ask, it did um, happen.
2: Can I ask Ash, what do you see why? Everybody fell in love with Han from this movie. Yeah, he's
1: like the super charismatic, like wise, like aloof, uh, cool guy who eats stuff. Who's the, the
0: mentor time. figure in this? He's like the, the pseudo father, father figure, mentor figure. Yeah, in, the, in this, in a lot of ways. And he's like the cool dude. So,
1: I mean, I think it's more interesting watching this now after seeing Han's story all prior. Uh, I imagine watching this first you'd be like, oh, he's a player and he's like going after all yeah. his chicks and everything. But now watching this, you're like, oh, he's just trying to fill that hole, that yeah, Giselle left. Giselle yeah.
2: left. You can tell My- even, it even connects from his, you know, the, the thing of um, in Bed, luck Tomorrow, he is a heavy smoker. And then throughout the movies, we've seen that he eats snacks to try and like compensate for that addiction. It's very much the same of he's lost Giselle. He's now kind of being this player slash womanizer, to kind of compensate now, to kind of help with him deal with that emotion and that loss, um, mm. that is—it's pretty interesting. Yeah,
0: th- this is this is all one of my favorite things about the Fast and Furious fr- franchise these days. Is that kind of like some stuff they do in Star Wars, where it's like they they release a film and or they release a book or whatever else, and it kind of helps you like m- m- somewhat proper canon retcon slash also like headcanon retcon but it allows you to look at characters for a different lens even if it isn't specifically said in the film you know what i mean it's so like, it's like it, I- when we talk about the rogue one darth vader thing yes, in new exactly. hope where that's that's fan retconning because we're, we're we're now going oh he gets super angry at the end of rogue one so then that explains why he's super angry at, at the start of new hope of course that isn't actually what happened because Break One didn't come out until a very long time after. However, that's now how we all view that film. And uh, of course, for the first time I watched this, I was just like, "Hans, cool, whatever." But ever since watching all those other films, yeah, I exactly what you, you're talking about now. It's all this kind of retconning in the way that I watch it and view Han is that his uh, all the womanizing stuff and whatever else is because. Giselle and the way he acts is because of Giselle and what he's been through and whatever else so yeah it's, it's like <laughs> that's, that's why I like people like silly mindless action movies I'm like man you should see I could write a thesis on like character stories <laughs> for these <laughs> fucking movie uh, any other uh, initial thoughts on the movie Ash things?
1: No I mean everybody else is kind of fine like the, the love interest is okay the dad's alright um, Bow Wow is fine I mean it's kind yeah. of annoying Twinkie. but what if he, he
0: plays the role fine? Yeah. yeah. Um Karen, what a what how do you feel about the movie in like this is, a this is, been a while since you watched it or
2: No, I think I've watched this fairly regularly somehow. <laughs> um, cuz it's one of my favorites and I think and I think it's the same for you and me Dylan where it's just kind of one of those movies from you know we grew up around about the same time the same kind of a, this
0: was the coolest movie yeah, for like, like a was year so or so cool
2: when I was in school. And yeah. I just, there's something about it that no matter, and I know as I get older and as I get a better appreciation of movies and television and media from being, osmos- from osmosis of talking to you two more and more and being around you both more and more. Um, every time I watch movies that I love, I definitely pick up on things that I didn't pick up on. Like... Sean's accent was probably the most grating thing in this viewing of the movie that I've ever viewed before. Sometimes his lines, I'm just like, fucking hell, what is going on? Like, this is... Twanky. Yeah, Twanky. like... <laughs> yeah, it's just like, wabaki, you know? It's wabaki. wabaki. <laughs> it's just like, you're like, fucking hell, okay. Um... But no, this movie is still so much fun. I really like um Han and DK's relationship. I enjoy I enjoy DK's whole side story to this because I think it it does something that it in the leading up to this point and around this point, it gives the the antagonist of the movie some kind of layered backstory and reasoning to why he is the way he is. Um that you don't really get in um Fast and Furious like you see more of his interactions with his uncle you see him being a bit more of it's you know this whole DK persona is a bit more of a a, fa- a face for him to you know look more powerful in front of the people that are in his community whereas really he is this kind of underling to a to a real gangster in the yakuza that I think is very interesting um this has some of my favorite cars in the whole thing like I really love the cars in this movie um and yeah, just overall this movie's just fun and it has a great soundtrack.
0: Yeah. Um everything, everything just I mean, yeah, I this was the coolest movie in school. Everyone would just listen to the soundtrack pretty much on repeat, either through their phone, where they were you could have like two songs on your phone at the time, uh and they would install that many unless you were fancy enough to have a uh, <laughs> fucking I don't know, 20, 20 megabyte fucking SD card to put in your flip phone or whatever we had uh, in school at the time, uh, and everyone would just be blasting fucking Tokyo Drift, like, walking around the playground or whatever and else.
2: Do you, ever, do you also have the point now where Tokyo, even though it's a country and you know it's Japan and you know the value of Tokyo, when you hear Tokyo, you instantly mentally connect it to Tokyo Drift and you instantly hear... The song, like the main Tokyo Drift song, out of this, it happens all the time for me. Anytime somebody mentions yeah. it, it. I, f- yeah. I feel like seeing the start of that song every single time. I was,
0: I was thinking about while watching it, uh, like the the Tokyo element of this, and like connection wise, this would have been like my first, I would say, connect like look at Tokyo slash Japan also. Cause this was all before I st- like the, I'd seen this before I even started watching any sort of anime or anything like that. So this, this was like my first, like watching this movie, I was like, Oh, this is Japan, you know? And of course this movie is not like the, the greatest example of like, well, this is what Japan's really like kind of thing. But at the time I remember watching this in high school and being like, Japan's awesome. Like, I want to, <laughs> you know, I want to go to Japan. Look at this shit. This place looks awesome. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I get, every time I do hear the song, it's like yeah, 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 tie it all in. But yeah, um, I agree. Obviously, that Lucas Black uh, slash Shane Boswell. I mean, I I don't dislike the character in particular. I do feel like they purposely did the character. Named it up. Yeah, like I feel like that they, they they went for something on purpose. Like speci- like really went for like the most stereotypical American guy. But like it just. They went a little bit too far. But I also i have seen it so many times that it doesn't actually annoy me because I, I got past that point a, a, <laughs> like a while ago. Now I just accept it for what it is. One thing I do want to talk about though before moving on to different things is how we feel about the opening of the movie because I always found the opening of the movie cool slash weird. And even watching it now, I'm like, it's so funny. They spend like 15 minutes doing this whole like American setup thing. Like, the, the whole opening yeah. credit scene is, goes for, like, several With the minutes. With kid from home improvement. Take you into school. Yeah, like, they show you all around the school. They they build that guy up to be such an arsehole. They do the whole race. They spend a lot of money on that race, that opening race, of course. And then they spend time in the cop plays and whatever. Like, they spend a long time getting to Tokyo, really, in retrospect. Like, do, does it... Well, is it fine? Does it work?
2: I always find it... For me, it's always been a thing of seeing the school is so different to... Australian slash English schools that I'm always like slash bewildered or amazed at watching those kind of that slow motion kind well, of. I th-
0: I think watching it now it's like even more relevant with all the shootings yeah. that they have in schools more now compared to back then. So yeah, like oh
1: I oh, know I mean it. It's entirely there to set up that Sean is a great driver. Um. So then when he gets thrashed in that first drift race, uh, it's like oh he's completely out of his element.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it also shows he's just like super rash. Guess has a love for his car. There's also the, there's like a, there's like a duo line where between this and, um, whatever Fast and Furious movie is. I can't remember which one is that I think it's like Two Fast and Furious. Where like at the start here where the, the dude's like talking about his Ferrari or whatever it is, the rich kid. And he's like, it's got two point whatever, six horsepower, some bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And then Sean turns and goes, ah. You can, it can read the brochure. Uh, I think it's like something that Tyrese also says in Too Fast Too Furious or something like that to someone, uh, the cop or someone like that. I think something like that. Oh those no, lines? it's
2: um no no no, it's uh very similar to um when Brian is questioning his partner, like his yes. like the supposed partner, yes. and he's like, "I didn't know that pizza place is now sold motors." Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's that kind of thing. Yeah,
0: it's like very similar to that, and I always wonder if they did it on purpose like as a sort of like tie-in sort of thing but it's similar sort of one but also works for sh- like showing that Sean is um like he, he's a gearhead like he's not just likes cars can like wants to go fast like the other dude he he does obviously work with them and knows enough because that is important to these movies all the people all the characters in the Fast and Furious franchise they're not just like oh I like pressing my foot to the pedal but like they all understand and could work hard it-
2: it also it also shows that he has almost a better understanding of uh cars than say Brian did when we first met Brian because probably he kind of understands in that first race you can see him understanding that okay I'm not going to beat this car in an out and out race I'm not going to be that egotistical I'm going to try and cheat do, like just do like i'll find my own i'll make a shortcut or something of it like it's, it's it shows he's not as egotistical as hey brian is at the start of fast and furious where he's just thinking he can just fucking put a heap of nos in it and just gear it yep. out like that go for it. gold yeah
0: work it all out yeah um all right so let's get into the family Sascha, talking about some of these other key characters in this movie so first of all, of course, we meet Sean Boswell, who we're talking about right now, who shows up briefly next week in Furious Seven, and then, of course, is going to be showing up in Fast and Furious Nine. We don't know how what? much time. Yeah, Wait, like- what? You
2: blew my mind. That I'll I'll put it out there before these two idiots make fun of me. <laughs> I didn't notice him in the trailer, and these two blew my mind last week when they told me. It was, it was in case was you're something. also
0: having your mind blown. If you want to go re watch the Fast and Furious Nine trailer and the part right before they show the the little car with a jet engine that's strapped to the top of it, uh, Sean's right there, like he's he's kind of he's getting covered by uh, Tez or someone, I think, from whoever Tej's it is, shoulder, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Tez's shoulder's kind of covering, but if you pause it at the right second, you will see his gaping, smiling face. Mm. At Tej as uh, I like to think that they're like just said, we strapped a rocket to it, and then Tej and Roman are like, "You did what?" (laughs) Like, because he's like, "We got, (laughs) we got this. Let's go." Uh, Um, yeah. My question is, how much time do you reckon we'll actually get with Sean in nine? And how are you gonna feel? How do you reckon it's gonna feel to have Sean? Boswell, Mr. American accent himself interacting with the rest of the crew. Because you gotta remember, we've only ever seen him interact with uh Dom twice. Of course, in the after credit sequence of this movie, and then in the tie-in bit next week. And that's it. He's never actually interacted with any of the other core members Can of Fast also, and Furious.
2: Also, just to do the math on this, in Fast of Furious Nine. How old is he supposed to be? And how old is he really? Because he's, he's got gonna, one of those. I, like, I think
0: in real life he's like thirty something. I would presume that, like, can, canonically, he's supposed he to, be to be like, like, like early nearly 20s. eighteen in Tokyo Drift. Like, I think he's like seventeen, turning eighteen. So let's say this is like a couple years later. He's like he's like young twenties, but in he's reality like he's like early twenties.
2: Yeah, and yeah. it's like he's one of those people that, like, he's kind of not. Age, but at the same time he's aged kind of badly like he still I, has I, so when Oof. they do the thing in
0: are 7 it, it's horrible because it, you can obviously tell it's like like 10 years later and he's aged yeah. and he does not look young at all anymore but I give I'm like whatever you've, you've done that it's, it's for a little bit to tie it in I don't care I think I'm more I'm possibly going to be more accepting with 9 and I might be able to accept like oh he's like supposed to be like 23-24 but he looks like 30 Like, some people do. Like, they age really fast. If they were still trying to play him as 18, it would be be
2: a big no-no. But I
0: think because he's at least, like, younger 20s, mid-20s, possibly, at this point. Like, because I don't really know... How the timeline works, but you got to think like so. Tokyo Drift and Fast and Furious Seven, like one right after another, and connect right between seven and eight. There's I think a year or so, something like that. I don't know how long's going to be between eight and nine. It could be longer. So yeah, there's there's time to age him up between all of these at least. Yeah. But how how do you think he's going to go interacting with other people, like talking to Rome and Ted? Like how do you think he's the banter's going to go? Does it work in your head? Is it fine? I Sephir-
2: think I think. As long as they do it right. I do think, and this comes with spoilers for next week, with watching the next movie, and I haven't watched Faye, but even watching the next movie, it got to the point early in the next movie where I was like, wow, this team's grown, like, really small. Like, there is really only, like, four main members in this team now that is there, you know, after the end of the next movie. So you kind of, like... Okay, or four, five, sorry, five. So it would be good if they can interject Sean as another proper member of that team and and he has good chemistry with them or he almost, not to to say we want him to do that, but he almost kind of steps into a similar place as where Brian was, not the same because Brian was kind of like a, you know, a a leader with Dom, but to kind of fulfill that kind of role within the group again would be, um, would be a good position for him. I think... I hope they have toned his accent down a little bit more for the new movie. I think think you
0: can just straight up ditch it because Scarlet um, whatever, uh, Black Widow was like Russian in Iron Man 2 and then she just suddenly lost it between films. That's fine. Same with Scarlet Witch. (laughs) She turned it. Yeah, she had an accent too. She just lost it. So it's fine. Just ditch the accent. (laughs) Ash, how how are you going to... How do you reckon he'll go interacting with the...
1: I mean, it'll be fine. I mean it'll be interesting to see. Obviously it's been several years. He's, he's super cocky in the first in the film, so whether he's still like super cocky, yeah. I guess. Uh you know. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll see.
0: Yeah. Um though of course i of update for the family in this movie is we lost Han. There's an asterisk on that uh, because we are we are hard. getting him back, but like just we though? to take into account much like Shut up. <laughs> much like how we talked about, like, when I take, I did note when we lost Lady and then we got when we got it back. So, of course, in the current line, we this is the film where we uh, lose Han. Uh, it still sucks to watch, even though uh, knowing that he comes back. Um, I'm so glad that I chose to do this podcast for this current run because it makes it so much more interesting to watch it, knowing that, like, how's he come back sort of thing, like, compared this- to if we did, it, like, last year. I would have been like, fuck, man, I wish I'd just bring Han back. Like, it's more interesting just to... Be able to just go.
2: I have this cool. really <laughs> bad feeling. Depending on how they bring Han back, but if like I just had this bad feeling halfway through this movie where I was like, "Are they gonna make Han like betray the team? Like, is he gonna come nah. back? Like, I'm like, nah. you can't, though, yeah. right? Like, Justice L- is coming,
0: literally. No, yeah, Justice is coming. fine literally. Justin Lin, Justice the is coming director, for right? This one and and um, the who's returning to do nine. And his last one he did was uh, six, right? Obviously, he stopped when Han... When the the timeline caught up to his first film, he stopped. And now he's returning. And in interviews, he said the sole reason he chose to come back is because of how much eight fucks with Han. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not to go not to skip too much ahead into spoiling stuff for next week but like ash is well aware of the m- my I'll rate my major criticism for eight and why I, I i really don't like that movie and i'm so glad that the the major criticism that i had um walking out of cinema when i wrote my review that i soon saw lots of people online have and it also turns out that the director <laughs> who of course has a big attachment to his car- uh, character han um was like this shit's fuck son. And he's like, I'm coming back to wreck on this shit. Fuck all you. <laughs> like, I'm coming back to fix it. I will, I mean,
2: I will say I, one of the stupidest things I've I've heard about the I've read about the production of this movie was that when Justin Lim was on and he was talking about bringing Han in and making this character Han, the character from Bedlock Tomorrow, and all this stuff. The only problem that Universal Pictures had was that he couldn't smoke. Mm-hmm. Which, Which is, is ridiculous up. in this setting where there is gangsters and like yeah. underhanded bets and like scantily clad women and just everything going on. Can't smoking is smoking is the bad thing. He can't smoke. He has to do something else. He gets replaced with eating the snacks. Well, but I sure, think it worked out well though because I think the eating the work snacks out is a well.
0: lot more wholesome GIF content than yes smoking Han content. So it works out. Quite I mean, well. is what was bad. you going to say about what? The- <laughs> What was you gonna say just before Ash? But when my the stuff to debate. I don't remember I what I was gonna Maybe say. I forgot. Moving on, that's fine. Um, so yeah, we we lose on extended family. So this is this is people who I wouldn't put in the main family group, but of course we're diving into super Dylan's headcanon stuff here. Want to point out, of course, this film has Jason Tobin. Um, plays Earl in this movie who I've previously pointed out uh, <laughs> he uh, also is going to appear in F9 he, he's the one you can cl- see more clearly than Sean in that he's shot the one the who attached the he's-
1: rocket to the car
0: Yes, mm. he is. Uh he's also the character Virgil in Better Luck Tomorrow, who I've talked about previously. Virgil, Earl. Oh, that's the that's the they're the same character. He's the one who spoilers I mean all these fucking things are spoilers. What am I wrong about? He's the one who shoots himself at the end of Bad Luck Tomorrow. And my the fan theory that I talked about before is that he they run off to Tokyo well, they go on the run basically together and this is where they end up. Anyway, he's he's Han's cousin. That's that's my that's head gun. Then we also have Alden Ray in this movie. So Alden uh, he, he plays Olden in Tokyo Drift and in Bad Luck Tomorrow, he played Old Olden with a U. So one's A-L-D-E-N, loved ones U-L-D-N is the character he played Bad Luck Tomorrow. Um, he's the, uh, I guess the easiest way to describe it is just, he's the bigger dude in Tokyo Drift. Like he doesn't have many lines. He has a couple of lines, but he's always like sort of part of the, the Han crew. You'll see together, like he, he he'll he's be standing. Not
2: the, next... He's not the like the the person that does the race, but the first race between, um, uh, freaking DK and and Sean. He's not no. the starting line person. No, 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 love no, him no. He's a great character. He is. No, I think he was. Like, I can't
0: remember who did that.
2: That's like the guy with spiky hair and he's like really no 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 girls and it's like my favorite start of any race in this franchise
0: this guy he's he's he hangs he's like one of the four kind of so you've got him you've got uh earl and then you've also got another character i'm about to point out in a second uh rico who's the the girl and then um well was those three they kind of hang around in the background a lot together uh, and then you've got like of course Han that's part of that group, and then Sean, and then um whatever, Oh no, I uh, do I have, okay, okay, I know which one. Yep. Yeah, so he doesn't have much, but I just I, I do think it's worth pointing out that he head cannon, same character from Battle Lock Tomorrow. <laughs> Cause he, he was part of the he's part of the team. In Battle Lock Tomorrow, he, I think his first scene is he's he's uh friends with um Fuck uh, the dude! You know, like they do the whole re- the dude who ends up joining after he does the report, and they he sets up the whole like free uh, Ben or whatever like sign. Like th- this dude's one of the dudes who's like holding up the sign saying like free Ben. He's like friends with that that guy. Like that's how they get introduced. Right. To him. Anyway, here, yeah. it's it's the- Dylan's head can't can, can hashtag. He
2: has hair in Better Luck Tomorrow, if I remember rightly.
0: Yes, I believe yes. so. Um, so possible people that could show up in fast nine that would i think if they show up in another movie i would they if they showed up in the right context then they would get ca- uh, canonized into the quote-unquote family so as i said before you got riko Rico, or riko i'm not sure how you properly say it but um played by kiko Kitawa, kitawaga yep. um she helps out earl in the mo- in tokyo drift she's the one who's seen helping out tuning all the cars and checking stuff and all that sort of stuff she's like Kind of his right hand uh, woman throughout the movie. She doesn't have many lines, but she's there. And then you've c- of course got Neela, played by Nathalie Nafa- Nafali-, Nafali, I don't know K- uh, Keely, who of course is I think it's Sean Boswell's.
2: Right? It's just got a H, you know. It.
0: it? Yeah, it's I thought Natalie, it was Nathalie. Oh,
2: okay, it's just man, Natalie. It's, got it's just one. got a random H showing up in it.
0: Okay, weird. Um, yeah. So she she of course if she. she I don't know. Like, will she appear in F9 still with Sean? Um, I'm going to say, I, I actually, I'll put it not. at 50 50. I'd, I honestly feel like they could have it come in for a day, shoot a scene. It would make fans of Tokyo Drift quite happy to see them together, of course. And then it doesn't mean she has to be around for the majority of the, the stuff we've shown in it. But especially if they shoot a scene in Tokyo. Like or like, even if it's shot in America to look like Tokyo, just for like a quick one with him before they come to America or something like that. You know, like say like Dom calls them up or something, and she's there, and like has a couple uh, a quick interaction with him or something like that. That, Just for the fans, I think that would be that would be cool. I have to go. It's Han. It's yeah. It's Han. He's back. I got to go.
2: It's Han. Yeehaw. That
0: (laughs) since you brought that up. (laughs) i think that is actually something quite important to take into account for nine like everyone's talking about like oh if han comes back that's going to be really cool like it'll be really cool for dom like dom misses him like he's part of the family all these sorts of things i think a lot of people are missing how if they play it correctly how they can make that a really quite emotional and interesting storyline to include sean as part of the main cast because for him it would also be quite a big thing. That's what I'm saying. Because we we're talking about him before. In this, in Tokyo Drift, he Han is Sean's like mentor, father figure. I, you know these sorts of brother. things. Like
2: I get yeah. the feeling in the trailer though that Han is the reason that they're there. Yeah, like I Han, think like so the is, reason that. I yeah, get I the feel like Han shows that, up
0: very early
1: in the movie.
2: But I, I just think that I think we won't see them finding out that Han's alive. Like, I feel like those characters the
1: start of the movie is what
2: you're like those characters yeah. would have already known Han is still alive. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, which is which is sad in missing out on that possible character. No, moment, because we're, like, we're going to get Tokyo Drift 2. <laughs> 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 so
0: like it doesn't, that doesn't count as number ten or eleven. That's it's going to go it's back. It's yeah, it's own, okay, it's, its own, own off franchise now. It's it's yep. it's great. Everyone, let's go. Um alrighty so let's get into. And, and has anyone before we move on the favorite line? Does anyone have any other random things I want to point out? Listen, uh, Tokyo Drift scenes, things. Clearly,
1: wanna, DK needs to come back. Um, he only f- just fell down a cliff, so you know he, he just <laughs> fell down a cliff. You know,
0: <laughs> he only just fell down.
1: I like how his uncle is completely fine. He's like, "Yeah, you're okay, even though you knocked my nephew off a cliff." Should certainly do his death. <laughs>
0: Technically, he kind of calls it himself. So,
1: I mean, why why was he so trying to knock him off? Why couldn't you just try and beat him fair and square? I'm pretty sure he would have had it. Also, him.
0: I just remember, because uh, you reminded me of the last race sequence. No, has either of you watched Initial D? No. Has watched what? Initial D, the anime. No. Yeah. So, Initial D has, is a drifting, street racing anime oh, that's yep. set in... Yeah, and they have a lot of races that take place on very similar mountains to like the one that Tokyo Drift has at the very end of it. I, although I watched Tokyo Drift first, I think one of the reasons I got so heavy into Initial D, which I probably started watching like a year later-ish in high school, I yeah. think one of the reasons I started loving that anime so much is because A, it was about street racing, which of course had a affliction for it at the time, but also because lots of stuff in it just reminded me of Tokyo Drift. So in, in, if you want more street racing sort of stuff, uh, in, in anime form, Initial D. In case you don't know, that's the thing. Um, now let's move on to favorite line. Of course, every Fast and Furious movie has some great, and also at times corny but gratifying dialogue. I'm going to pass the baton to set the the bar high. Ashley Holley, what's your favorite line <laughs> from this movie?
1: I have money. It's trust and character I need around me. You know, who choo- you choose to be around you lets you know who you are. And One car in exchange for knowing what a man's made of. That's a price I can live with.
0: Going for some heartfelt shit this week. Yeah. No no, uh, joking lines. No joking lines. I, I will follow up yours because mine... Yeah, it's true. I'll follow up mine because mine also is a Han quote that is a serious one, which is the one I talked about like a week or so ago. And I think I got it like 90% right because I couldn't remember it fully, but it's where he says, life's simple. You make choices. You don't look back. So my... The Han quote that yep. always stands out to me. Especially I like that quite more. Like in the context, whenever I've rewatched this movie since like Giselle and stuff, I always yep. like read that line as like he's just hurting. You know, the man's hurting. Um Kieran, what's your favorite line for this? So one?
2: let's round out to round out the uh the Han, the Han segment of this, <laughs> the Han uh, of this of this segment. Um there's no wax on or wax off in drifting. The first drifters invented drifting out here in the mountains by feeling it. So feel it. Like it's just just like I don't do it justice. I can't do an impression like actually Hobley can. <laughs> it's just one of those like very fluid kind of just Han moments where he has this coolness to him that uh is is really great. It's really fun.
0: There's a personification of the character. Um all right, so for the mix, of course, we're picking two songs each and dropping them into the Ultimate Fast Saga playlist that you can find on Spotify right now. Link is in the description. My two songs. I think, obviously, the first one is Given. There's no way around it. Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, Teriyaki Boys. There's no way to escape it. And then my second one is Six Days Remix by DJ Shadow and Moz Death, which was my... Apart from Tokyo Drift, was always my favorite song off the soundtrack, and I would mix... Because yeah, when this came out, I was also getting into video editing and I would just use this song and I would mix skate videos to it all the time and random like trailers to stuff. Like I would just take this song and I would constantly edit stuff to it over and over and over and over. And that's uh, what like stands out my memory from it. Why I kind of love it so much. Ash, what are you adding?
1: Uh, we also had Tokyo Drift. I mean, that it, it, you need to have it. Yeah, uh, And then I also went The Barracuda by The 5678th.
0: Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Uh, Karen, what do you got?
2: Um. So both of you destroyed me on this one. That's fine. Um. Six Days, Remix, because it's it's, I think it it sets, it does something where the moment I see this and hear this song, I'm like, I'm watching Tokyo Drift. Like this is let's let's go. Like it's like that first song of the movie. It's it's fantastic. Um and I also had the Barracuda by the five sixes and seven and eights because By absurd. the way, my
0: Kill Bill reference was because they have a song in they play in Kill they Bill. They play Bill that the exact movie. song.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: They're literally yeah. in the movie. In the background. Yeah. Like they're playing. No,
2: it's um <laughs> it's a good song, and it's it's very uh, unique in this movie, especially with everything else that's being played.
0: Yeah, the Toretto team is back. Here's the deal. Cleve, Kelso, Rafaela, and this man, Matsuo Mori, are out in the desert. It's our mission to bring them in. Let's do this! <laughs> <Whoa. Yeah. laughs>
2: Just as I suspected. I have no idea where we are.
0: Time to talk about some more. Fast and Furious Spy Races. Today, we're talking about the third season, uh, subtitled Fast and Furious Spy Races Sahara. Sahara. We're all off in the, the desert this season. A lot of desert racing, including June buggies. The dune in the sand. And uh, a bigger world creation. So this this season dropped on Netflix December 26, 2020. Uh, so not quite quite that long ago but we do of course have one more season to talk about because season four didn't drop not too long ago so that's the future but the present so this season is interesting because it's actually one in which they as a show I mean look uh, as I've talked about in the last few times in these impression thoughts segment things that we're doing as bonuses for it's about family redux uh, I've been talking about how the show you know it does as best a job as it can to Fit that mold of being a Fast and Furious thing, while also still being a kid show. And for the most part, it ticks all of the boxes it can do, and it does its own sort of things, which is good. Uh, but with this third season, it does what Fast and Furious has sort of what it started doing. What by the time you got around to the fifth, sixth, maybe whatever you know, wherever it started, like it's it's like okay, time to start building a connective tissue of you know, bringing back some villains and this sort of thing. Because that's one thing you can say about Fast and Furious franchise at this point. It's actually got pretty good at, like, returning characters, returning villains, villains. It's kind of like wrestling. You have a bunch of characters doing face and heel turns at times, and that's kind of what happens here. In fact, you can almost say that this season, having Layla officially be part of the team, I know she was under my control last season, and she was be still a good person, but uh, she was still seen as a bad guy for the most uh, part. A heel in our wrestling terms all the last season. Uh, so this season she's done a full face turn. She's part of the the quote unquote family. So they, there's that as well. Uh, but so this season focuses on, uh, Cleve Kelso as the main villain. Now Cleve Kelso was in season one, not one of the main villains, but one of the people who. I honestly can't even remember how it worked at this stage. I'm sorry. But one of the people who like funded or created or wanted to create or something along those lines, one of the people that was heavily involved in the creation of the, the helmet thing that uh, the bad, the bad person wore in the first season that let them control things or whatever else. So uh, they're back, but also back this season is um, Raffaella. I'm um, sorry. What's her last? Name? I've got to hear somewhere. Moreno, Raffaella Moreno. So, of course, was the main villain from last season. So she returns once again after being broken out of prison by uh, Clive, Cleve Kelso, sorry. Uh, and then we get a new character, new villain this season as well, uh, Matuso. M- Matu- Matuso. Matuso? Matuso? I'm not going pronunciation, I'm sorry. But they're like basically a cyborg. They've got like a full cybernetic um, thing that's introduced in the first season where they're like blowing open walls and all sorts of things, uh, and that's that's you know super out there, but also fun for this universe and the movies and the show and in general. This sorts of things. So for the most part, I enjoyed the villains a lot more this season because we'd already had connections to them. Like two of them are returning villains, and you've got one new villain, which is basically a cybernetic ninja warrior person thing. Um, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, the the whole plot in general, are of course just. Adds up to Clive Kelso, Kelso wanting to take over the world. So that that is whatever. I, I honestly um, kept forgetting what they were even trying to stop him to do for most of the season. As I was zone out, I'm like, what are we doing again? Are we trying to stop the burger? Yeah, okay, whatever. Well, they got some like sci-fi gadget thing they're trying to, to get. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's fine, whatever. Uh, at this stage, the show is most enjoyable just for these characters because we are three seasons in now, and I'm having you know having a lot of fun with these characters. I'm I'm kind of being the lighter for the most part uh one thing that i really also enjoyed about this third season was the fact that echo who i was saying last time i talked about it was season two echo is the best character in the show and she's always proven to be the smartest coolest one of the group and after teasing it last season uh and saying that she may you know she's the one that had the most potential to be a spy racer like a proper spy racer uh, this season she is actually taken away by take a makes it sound bad she's she's given the opportunity to go train under Miss Nowhere to become a nobody. I think that's what they call it. Or a no, no, I don't know. To become a nowhere, become a Miss Miss Nowhere herself or a, a no person or whatever the hell they're calling it. Um, and that's a whole cool thing to start off the the show with in the first episode while they're setting up the chess pieces of what's happening to all of our characters. And meanwhile, you have Tony Toretto and the remainder of the crew sort of missing her and you know struggling to get things together and then, then of course uh miss nowhere and um bloody mental here and everyone's names old her uh her psychic who what the hell is his name? I'm not editing this out whatever his uh gary, if the Gary isn't it then I'm so sorry but Gary. Uh, he, they, they get captured, plane crash, disappear, need to help them. Echo comes and gets the crew. And then you have this interesting dynamic for the remainder of the show where it's like, well, Tony's always been the leader, the big boss of the Fast and Furious Spy Racers team. However, now you have Echo in and she's like, I've been trained. I should be the boss. And Tony has to learn how to let her to be the boss. But then, of course, by the end of the season, they come to, you know, Meet in the middle grounds where he's good at certain things, she's good at also other things, and you know maybe we can have a, a little bit of more discussion amongst future decisions being made amongst the uh, quote unquote family. I will say, and I, I think I did complain about this last time, and I'm just going to complain about it again. I understand maybe it's a meme for the show, and maybe it would be funny if they did it like once or twice in the whole season or whatever. Uh, but they say the fa- they say the family thing so often this season and i think it's just more noticeable because you now also have layla as a character pointing out how tony calls everything the family and his family and family this family that um i think it's one stage someone literally says in a show like it's about family i'm like yeah plug the podcast you know plug the bloody podcast but that becomes kind of grating so <laughs> didn't love that as for the location of this se- uh season really great um desert scene sahara desert uh, I appreciate how each season goes to a completely different location or, you know, does the best job to make it stand out and be completely different to the last one. Uh, you have these cool things where they're not always driving cars, like they're driving around these little dune buggies. Of course, they're racing them at some stage. actually have to race them. Um, you get this little cool storylines for some of the characters. Like I feel like Frosty got the the worst end stick of this season, which is fine because they had the most, the previous season, they had like a lot character development there. So that was, that's fine. And obviously Echo and Tony are big focus this season. Cisco again, uh, is always sort of this background character. I feel like Cisco, Cisco surely has to get a little bit of work in season four. Has to, has to get his moment. Surely we shall find it. I don't really know. Um, but then Layla of course gets a lot of um time this season as well because this is her officially joining the family being part of that group and there's a nice dynamic between her and Tony uh continuing they have this sort of friendly rivalry now uh after starting off with enemies and that's quite enjoyable to watch but also she's having to deal with this season uh coming to a place where people she's wronged people here now that's sort of costing her and you have to see the effects of that and all this sort of stuff um Miss Nowhere and Gary weren't in the season as much but that's fine because they were heavily featured last season so i appreciate how they're switching out the characters that get the the biggest focus and which ones get the most character time and that sort of stuff i mean again i'm I'm saying this for a kid's show but it's still nice to see um and i appreciate that so that's good uh overall i'd say this season's the i don't know maybe the second best so far first season was probably still just the most overall enjoyable but it would be up there i think this is better than the second season i think the The villains are a bit more enjoyable this time as a group. I think the the setting and everything I just enjoyed a lot more. Having Layla actually be part of the group, having Echo be in this like sort of leading role where she's uh, being properly given the ability to be the character that I thought she could be. Like it's just overall a a lot more enjoyable. So that's why I'm sitting out for that. Um, Still enjoying it. One more season to go. Season four to go, and I'm I'm all caught up. Fast and Furious Spy Races. So, look forward to me talking about that season. Uh, Fast and Furious Spy Races Mexico is what season four is. Look forward to me talking about that in a couple of weeks, of course. Tony,
2: don't distract us! My bad. We gotta take these guys down! Don't worry, I got this. I don't know why I try to fight it. Let's keep doing stupid stuff.
0: Yeah. So, they'll do it for. This week's episode looks like we're all out of Nos. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he, uh, he, fo-
0: he said the line. You can follow us all on Twitter by heading to explosionnetwork.com/slash Twitter. Next week, of course, we're catching right up. We're going to be discussing Fast and Furious 7 or Furious 7. I don't know. It's, these movies are called different things in different countries uh, once they get past four. Um, so make sure you watch that movie before the episode drops. And remember that hashtag justice is coming.
1: So, awa kanatu disuka.
2: Did you just say, Is it though in Japanese? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>